Well, uh, as I was sharing, it's a sad uh, occasion in a sense that we've lost such a great man of God as Pastor Jim McConnell. And uh, the word says now is a prince and a great man fallen this day in Israel. But, you know, every time that we hear of someone going on to glory, somebody who is a, a pillar, if you like, in the church, it ought to be to us a challenge to, to, for us to step up. Amen? Because these men and women taught us and left a legacy and left a mantle to pick up. You know, when Elijah was taken into heaven, Elijah said, uh, my father, uh, the chariots of Israel. And you know, uh, a lot of these uh, generals of the faith, they are fathers of the faith to us. But you know, fathers raise fathers. Amen? Yeah, you know, if, if you stay a child forever, uh, then you, you, you never grow up and you never become a father. So it's important for us when we hear of great men and women of God going on to glory that we step in and say, and, and it's the same when we talk about the Covenanters and John Knox, people like that. You know, if they were here today and saw the pedestals that we put them on, they would knock the pedestals down and say, no, it's now your turn to be who God has called you to be in your time. Praise God. Well, what I want to speak about today from Isaiah 51 is that God has delivered us from fear. And we live in a fearful time. And sometimes when we hear about men of God dying or people or churches closing, uh, calamities, if you like, like that, we get a little bit fearful. But there's so much to fear out there today. There's the, the fear of the virus. There's the fear of the government's response and protocols of the virus and thinking that you're going to be locked down, there's going to be food shortages, there's going to be all kinds of bad stuff happening. So there's plenty to fear, but fear is not of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, the Bible says. So we need to function in a spirit of faith, a spirit of victory, uh, we need to be overcomers. God has not called us to defeat or to victory. Eh, sorry, to defeat or to failure. But he's called us to victory and success in the living of life in a manner that is godly and righteous. Amen. So uh, the, the people of God are not people who succumb to fear. Except to say we fear God. The only acceptable fear is the fear of God. That's a healthy fear. Now it says here, hearken unto me, you that follow after righteousness. Well, let me ask you, are we followers of righteousness this morning? Of course we are. We wouldn't be sitting here if we weren't. Because there's plenty of places we could be. We could be in B&Q. Now it's not necessarily unrighteous to be in B&Q, or we could be in a pub, or we could be, you know, in all kinds of places. But we're following after righteousness we're the people of God. We want to be witnesses to him. So therefore we're in church. And it says, you that seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence you are hewn. In other words, look to what you came from. And then, of course, he goes on to speak about Abraham and Sarah as being Abraham the father and Sarah the mother of our faith. 
But we could, uh, we could paraphrase it a little and say, you know, look at what we came from spiritually. Okay? Now, as I've said a few times, uh, Mr. Lawson uh, speaks a lot about being saved here, although uh, he, he's had a, an illustrious career uh, in life, serving God in other places and doing many things. This is where he came from, spiritually, born again here in this church. And we all have a testimony, many of you are the same, but wherever you came from spiritually, he's saying, look to that. Remember our roots. Because let me tell you, in this world we live in today, it's so easy to lose our mooring, isn't it? It's so easy to, to forget our roots and do as many others are doing right now, which is, ah, you know, I'll no bother going to church. I'll just get up and sit in my PJs and go in that Zoom meeting. Yeah? Now, we don't have Zoom meetings here. We've got plenty of Zoomers. <laughs> but, but we don't have Zoom meetings. Amen? And we're not going to have Zoom meetings that replace church meetings. Because the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is. Well, I don't want to be the some that don't assemble together. I want to be the people that meet together. So anyway, but what I want us to do is, is push on a little bit here. Hearken unto me, my people. Give ear unto me, O my nation. Your God has a nation. And you say, well, that's speaking to ancient Israel. Well, I could show you when we don't have time that he's actually not. Because this part of Isaiah from about 40 onwards, he's speaking to a future generation of Israel that live in the coastlands and the ends of the earth, the isles. Anyway, what I want us to understand here is this, is that if we're in this nation, in Scotland, and the history and the covenanted history of our forefathers, which we've mentioned already, then when I, when I read this by the Holy Spirit, I'm reading he's talking to us here in Scotland, here in Britain, because we are a Christian nation. Amen? And you, well, you can't say that in these days. Too late. I just did. Because we have to understand that God wants nations in the earth that are obedient nations, that are sheep nations. And our job, our role, our function, I believe, as believers in 2021 here in Britain, here in Scotland, here in Glasgow, is that we, we determine to ourselves that where we live will be a nation dedicated to God. Amen? And if, if we don't have that, what do we have? Really, think about it. Amen? He says, my righteousness is... He said, no, what he says here, give ear to me. A law shall proceed from me. I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. You know, we need light because we live in a dark time. And we live under the darkness of wicked governments and wicked politicians and wicked media. Amen? My righteousness is near. My salvation is gone forth. Mine arm shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me. Now, I, I, I'm not going to get into this too much here. I might on another occasion, and I have touched it before. But... If you go and study this out, when he's speaking about the ends of the earth, the prophet Isaiah, and he's speaking about the isles, he is talking about the British isles. Because where Israel was back then was, was uh, right at the very edge of the Mediterranean Sea. It didn't have islands. There were no islands. 
and, and, and the geographic location of the ends of the earth, the Romans called it Ultima Thule, the end of the world. The end of the known world was the, the coastlands of Northern Europe and the British Isles. So the prophet understood that there would be people living in the last days, a Christian, God-fearing people. It says they'll wait upon me. Now that's, that's already been fulfilled in history. In Celtic Christianity, in the Reformation, in the years since then, wave after wave of revival and God moving in these lands. But it's all gone to pot, many people believe, in our generation, and it has. And that's why we meet every week and pray for revival, because we need that back again, don't we? That we become a nation from which goes forth the law of the Lord. Or we would say the word of God, the gospel. You know, our, our very motto as a city, you know, Mungo came together, came here, and established Glasgow. He didn't do it building a mercantile city based on trade and so on. He wanted a city that was set apart for God. It's believed that Mungo preached on this very hill. This very hill that we're on right now. Mungo preached here. We're only a stone's throw from the cathedral anyway. This, all this area was territory that Mungo uh, was, 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 was in and, 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 and walked in. So we're, we're in a historic setting. A, 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 a well, a deep well of revival. And many other, and of course that motto, preaching his word and praising his name, let Glasgow flourish by those things. Lift up your eyes, verse 6, to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment. They that dwell therein shall die like manna, but my salvation shall be forever. My righteousness shall not be abolished. I'll tell you what I'm taking from this. Is that God is saying that if you're looking around just now and saying, these are terrible times, which they are. These are dark times, which they are. These are times where it seems that wickedness is running rampant and, and we're going to lose everything as Christians, as believers, as, as unionists who believe in the integrity of a united. We're going to lose all that. He's saying here, things change. He's saying here, the heavens shall vanish away, the earth shall wax old like a garment. What he's saying here is this, is that do not look on temporal things because they're subject to change. And how are they subject? How do we change them? Well, we've looked at speaking to mountains, haven't we? If there's a mountain in your path as a Christian, you don't say, oh, that's a terrible mountain. Oh, my goodness. What a horrible mountain. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, Lord, there's a mountain in my way. We speak to the mountain. We speak by faith. We speak to things. So he's saying that by prayer... And by declaration of God's word, we can change things. Hearken to me. Verse 7, you that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. And this is where we're getting up to the thing about faith. Eh, sorry, fear. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Oh well, I'm scared that because people know I go to church and I'm a Christian, that they will... Revile me. What are, you, what are you going to that place for? What are you believing all that stuff for? Yeah? 
Have we all encountered that? And particularly at this day and time. Or you're going to church and you don't wear a mask and you sing, you're not meant to do that. Am I right? So you're afraid of the revilings and God saying in his worship, don't be scared of that. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the reproach of men. And that includes, frankly, the reproach of busybodies uh, and even governments. Now, we do our best to obey the law. We're all law-abiding people in here. But there are ridiculous things, aren't they? Some of you think it's ridiculous to go at 30 mile an hour. <laughs> Amen? 45 and 50 seems a whole lot better. But, you know, there are, we should obey the law there, but there are ridiculous things. And one of them is you can go and, and sing Flower of Scotland at the football but you can't sing praise the Lord in church. You can sit with thousands of other people as, as the England team, as the England fans did last week. Uh, football's coming home, but you can't sing in here, Jesus is Lord, or praise my soul, the King of heaven. So there are ridiculous things. And, 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 and you know, a, a, a sensible people don't, Obey foolishness, particularly when it comes against God's word. But I'm not teaching you to be uh, rebellious. As I said to a group recently, we are not rebellious, but we do resist. There's a difference. Uh, John Knox had said, resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. So we resist foolishness, we resist tyranny, uh, we resist being told that as Christians we mean nothing, and our worship, our witness, all of that is irrelevant to society and you'll shut down when we tell you. The Scottish government has already got more than one bloody nose in recent times for trying to impose those laws and being told they were illegal. So, thank God for that. But, you know, we don't need the courts to tell us that. But thank God the courts backed up God's word. Then he says, Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. As in the ancient days. Now he speaks here about in the generations of old. Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon. That's a reference to bringing Israel out of Egypt. And drowning Egypt in the Red Sea. Okay but we could look at it again. Paraphrase it a little bit. Art thou not it. Eh, sorry. Uh, awake as in the ancient days. O arm of the Lord. We could say to ourselves here today. The ancient days that we've known or are aware of, should I say, in our history. We spoke about the Celtic times. Saint Mungo, we've mentioned him. Saint Columba. All these great saints of old. Saint Ninian. Who, the Celtic saints, who traversed the land, preaching the gospel and converting the people from dark paganism and so on. But in recent times, more recent times, we spoke about John Knox. We spoke about Covenanters. We spoke about the 1850... Well, we can speak about the 1859 revival which was the motivation for them starting Foundry Boys in the first place. Um, and then, of course, Moody came to Glasgow, galvanised the work here. We could speak about that. And then in more recent times, we could speak about Billy Graham coming to Glasgow. We could speak about the Lewis Revival, all these works of God that have happened in Scotland over the centuries. And what it's saying here, 
as in the ancient days, awake as in the ancient days. That's our heart cry today, that God would move mightily here in Glasgow, here in Scotland, as he has done in the ancient days, days that are ancient to us. Then he says, let's just press on, this is where I want us to go with this. Verse 12, I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Now watch this, who art thou? that thou shouldst be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the son of man which shall be made as grass. I've preached these verses many, many times over the years, but they've never been more relevant than they are today because when I preached them before, before COVID, people just go, I don't feel oppressed. Because that's what these verses speak of, being oppressed. We'll, We'll read that. And the fear of man. You know, Agnes and I were talking and about you're putting on the news and you're hearing Chris Whitty and all these other people, there might be another lockdown soon. Uh, I sent some of you that wee thing on Facebook, uh, the wee thing, there's only three lockdowns, uh, good news, only three lockdowns till Christmas. And we can laugh about it, but it's not funny. Because how many times have we been locked down or you can't meet in church, or you can't do this, or you can't travel you know, out, out with your area? Or, and then, oh well, there's going to be food shortages, there's going to be, this is going to happen. And you can get really scared. Because we're scared, and, and really when you think about it, it's the fear of man. We're, we're afraid that somebody somewhere, sitting in a government office, for whatever reason, will make a decision that can affect your life. And how many people have had to cancel weddings, had to cancel holidays, had to cancel, you know, uh, going to see family. And it's easy to live their lives in fear, and plus people terrified that they'll get a virus. So the fear of man, he says, and he doesn't say, oh, it's okay, I understand. He says, who are you to fear man? The fear of man is not something God tolerates. In fact, he calls it a snare, which means he calls it a bondage. And why does he call that? Because verse 13, and forgettest the Lord thy maker. In other words, when we fear man, we forget that it's God that made us and he's our creator. He is our Lord and he is our deliverer and our protector. And there's no point in praying, oh Lord, you know, protect our queen like we did. If you don't believe that God can protect you. There's no point in praying, oh God, protect brother so-and-so, if you don't believe God can protect you. Am I right? You forget the Lord your maker, that has stretched forth the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and watch this, and has feared continually, every day, because of the fury of the oppressor. Well, I'm scared, I'm scared what people will say. I'm scared what people will think. I'm scared what's going to happen because of the fury of the oppressor. And look what God says. As if he were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? What he's saying here is this, is that very often the things we fear aren't really there. We sometimes fear things, don't we? 
We're fearful of stuff that, that's never going to happen anyway. So we're ruled by fear. You know, and I said this recently, and I'll say it again. I believe my job here as a pastor is to teach everybody here not to be bound by fear, but to live a life of faith. And if I haven't, if I don't do that, I've failed in my job. Because my job is to spread faith, not fear. Because fear's all over the place. Fear's all out there. And it's easy to be full of fear. You just need to pick up a paper. Or listen to somebody moaning in the supermarket. But will we turn to the source of faith, which is this book? And the Lord says, well, where is, where is the fury of the oppressor? In other words, what he's saying is, a lot of the stuff we fear, it's, it's all in our head. False evidence appearing real. And you know, you can speak to your fear and tell it to go. Because the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear means an entity. Doesn't it? It's not just like a force, you know, uh, may the force be with you. But even if it is just that, we can still say, fear go for me. I'm a believer. Then he says, as the captive exile hasteneth that he may be loosed, or the captive exile haste, hastens uh, that he may be delivered or released. Okay? Uh, that he may be loosed, that he may be uh, set free. He says, will you remain in constant dread of human oppressors? Will you continue to fear the anger of your enemies? Where is their fury and anger now? It is gone. And he says, soon you captives will be released. He's saying that we long to be released and set free. From what? From fear. From oppression. And watch this, and that he should not die in the pit, nor that his bread should fail. What he's saying is, people are scared, I might lose my job because of this pandemic. I might lose uh, my income. I might lose this, I might lose that. I might die in the pit. In other words, I might die a horrible death here. I might, we could end up listing our fears and we would just stay under the duvet every day and never go out of the house. But we are not people of fear, we're people of faith. We're people of world overcoming faith. Faith is a victory that overcomes the world. So we're people of faith. And then he says this, this is the answer to all folks. He says, he, he's, he's saying this is the condition that we're living in and living under. But look at this, he says, but, but I am the Lord thy God that divided the sea whose waves roared the Lord of hosts is his name. Hosts means heaven's armies, the angels of God. And watch this verse. This is a verse. And I have put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand, that I may plant the heavens, or bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, we could say, and lay the foundations of the earth, and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. Because we are God's people, when we put his words in our mouth, speak the words he's put in our mouths. And when it says the shadow of his hand, that means that we, we go in the power of the Spirit. What he's saying is, all we have to do is be who we are, which is the people of God, and speak what God says. 
and speak that we are the people. Now, I know some of you like saying that. Amen. We are the people. But you know, I want to say this to you, right? That's a biblical phrase. That's a biblical phrase. We are the people. We are the people of God. And you know, if it applies to your football allegiance, praise God. Amen. So you're the people in, in more than one way. But we are, the, we are God's people. That's what it's saying. We are the people and the sheep of your pasture. You only need to affirm who you truly are. And, and that, that will bring victory. Because see, sometimes people make all this, being a Christian, very complicated. But it's just simple. God wrote a, a reasonably big, thick book. And he only expects you and I to read it, study it, meditate, speak it. And speak what it says about us. Affirming who we are in him. And what we have in him. And as we do that, believe you me, it will, it will turn up and show up in your life. And that's all he's asking us to do. And that's what is, and you know, we've not been doing enough of it as Christians. I'm not saying here in this place, but Christians, we've settled for a diluted Christianity, a diluted faith. We really have, when I say we, I mean the body of Christ in Britain and other places. But not everybody is walking in that. Some people are walking still in you know, the fire water of the, the true word. And we need to, if we want to see victory. Because vic we're not just want to see victory for ourselves. We want to see victory for the city, for the nation. Amen. So let's be God's people and speak his word. Let's just quickly pray. Father, we just ask right now that you would plant this word in our hearts. Plant your word in our mouth. Cause us to know that we are a victorious, overcoming people, that you've put that in the inside of us. Cause us to desire to pick this book up and speak it of ourselves and speak it to the nation, that we are the people of God and that we will see victory over all the powers of darkness that come against us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.